now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, I did these backwards, I almost threw myself off. In this episode, Kaz and Yeager attempt to rescue Tam from the First Order while trying to evade capture on a Star Destroyer. And meanwhile, the Colossus is in trouble and faces an impossible decision. There will be... Ding dong! Ding dong! The bitch is dead! The final battle is here and we celebrate Team Colossus. We are talking about the final episode of Star Wars Resistance this week, The Escape. How you doing, Chris? The bitch is dead! Good. That bitch is dead. <laughs> I kind of wish we had one more smarmy moment where, like, Rucklin wakes up realizing the Star Destroyer is crashing in around him, and he's just like, no! No. <laughs> he gets but, to die in his sleep. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. He deserves the fear and the pain and the anger and, like, the, the I gosh, and just sitting there scared, curled in the ball, sucking his damn thumb like the baby is. Here you go, Hope. This is what happened. He was passed out, and he was having a little dream of like Being he was having. A, he was sitting around with he was sitting around with all his space Nazi friends, having some space Wiener Schnitzel, and and laughing at 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 the at the graves of all his his uh his enemies and then he woke up and he goes wait i'm awake and all of a sudden there's just fire all around him what the end i'm so happy see what i would want is he wakes up there's fire all all around him and like a coward he tries to get to the escape pod and he gets there and there's no more left and he pushes his back against the wall going this wasn't supposed to happen, and then he blows up like a bitch. Yeah, that's that's that that's that like that's how they should have portrayed. Like mine is really like in in the David Lynch version. Yours is how they sh- how it should have been portrayed in a movie, but this is resistance, so they couldn't be too sadist. I mean, too sadistic about anybody's deaths, <laughs> even the bad guys. Yeah, they kind of just all died off. Like I remember actually googling that one time because I was like, did Rucklin die? And <laughs> Um, especially because, like, earlier yeah. on in the season, because earlier in the season, like, Ruckland's other human they, friend they didn't make was a point, with them. They didn't make a point out of his death. They did. They, it's it was mm. he was dead because he was on the Star Destroyer, but it wasn't it wasn't as uh, dramatic as say Tierney, you know,'s portrayal of well, there goes <laughs> bye bye Tierney, you know. So or, as much as I love to hate Ruckland, I love the thought of it being an open ending so that little sniveling asshole could come back. I would have rather seen him get just blown up in a TIE fighter non-ceremoniously, just like, there he goes. Bye-bye. Taken out by Tora. 
No, great. by the worst, the worst pilot of whoever the the Fuck least, it. yeah, whoever the <laughs> least experienced pilot is, just takes him out. Bucky was flying the fireball, so yeah, you don't want to even give Ruckland's ghost the chance to go. Like, at least it took the best pilot to take me out. I was killed by an old droid. That's or how about this? He was just flying along, and and uh, just a random piece of space debris went through his through his windshield. And he got blown out into space. Awesome. Ah, I love that we, I love this. This is fun. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, where we talk about the real villain of the season being Ruckland and how the, all the ways he will die horribly. Ugh, ugh. His death was too good for him. Too good. Just got to die in his sleep. No, but I, I, I do kind of like the idea that this kind of, I mean, fuck, if Maul can be cut in half and come back, I think it'd be fun if, like, if we ever got future stuff, like, where Kaz comes across Ruckland, he's all scarred well, up wanting round two. And... Yeah, but we're talking, we're talking, we're in the grounded Star Wars, so. Yeah, 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 but I'm talking about, like, you know, if they ever, like, further down the line, because I, I would actually, I, I've said this this entire time, I want to see these characters back, and I would like to see them in, like, a little bit more mature stories and stuff. I think that would be fun, which I'll definitely talk about in my background info, because these characters were supposed to be in Tross. Um, but I think that'd be cool to ha- see, like, Kaz finally take on Ruckland in a round two. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. How you doing, Chris? How was your week? Oh, I had a, I had a great weekend. What'd you do? I woke up Saturday morning and just had the gnawing... You know how you know how like people have psychic experiences and they're like they see their grandmother before she dies or oh, their yeah, yeah. Aunt, is somebody wards them and then they go over and the aunt has left the roast in the the oven and it's on fire and you go put it out but you just knew something was wrong there even though you haven't talked to your aunt in nine months. Yeah. Well, I have that, but only it's with a bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> so banal, but so wonderful i woke up saturday and i was like and i have like a whole shelf dedicated to like my read you know here when i have to grab a book i can come grab it off the you know i got some some stuff that i'm hot to trot read on that shelf and so i don't so i'm not a a, a, there's i i have too many books (laughs) anyway and I don't have an uh, and I don't have an awful lot of money either. But I was just like, today I got to go to the bookstore, and I go to the bookstore, and right off the bat, I go over to where like the comics and stuff are, because that's sort of where he throws like new stuff a lot of times, yeah. and there's always something new there. Right on top of it are a bunch of uh, like old twelve cent Marvels. They're bagged and boarded, and they're in decent, sh- you know, they're in good, sh- decent shape for their age, for or late sixties, yeah. and uh, and they're a buck a piece. And I'm like, well, you can't go wrong. And and a, and a bunch of them are like Doctor Strange, and stuff like that. And I know there's a Doctor Strange movie coming out, so I'm like, oh, maybe maybe these will be worth something, or you know, whatever. But usually they're not worth an awful lot, you know, a, 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 an awful lot. And then I started looking through the books, and there was a new uh or new to me uh chuck palaniak you ever read read any chuck palaniak fight club he's a weirdo from 
Washington State, and it was uh, and all of his books are just great. That they're just they they you know I uh, he, he's just a very fun writer to read, and he takes stuff in weird directions. And I get it home, I'm flipping through it. It's autographed. And and then I'm just plucking up like um, Robert Anton Wilson books, who's one of my favorite authors. And I just read one of his books and got all jazzed up on it. And all of it, and <clears throat> I have all his like easy to find books. And then I started looking up his other books on eBay and was just like, oh, geez, okay, no way. <laughs> guess I guess these are a little out of range. They were all there for like two dollars, three fifty, and I'm picking them up. And the guy in the bookstore guy is like, he usually just stays. He's like a little troll, and he stays in his room. But he was out scurrying around, and he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, I noticed you're. I went to a show in, in Poughkeepsie today, and this morning you're picking up all the stuff I'm putting out." And I'm like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah. Why don't you just come in the back and look through, you know, the bag if you want more Robert Anton Wilson?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and I start going through and I just get this like for, 43 bucks I spent there and just this stack of of all like books that like I figured would take years to fill in my collection and then I'm like hey you know what I'll look up those Doctor Strange comics well one one of the Doctor Strange comics is the basically first Doctor Strange comic he was a character in Strange Tales. He was yeah. like have a, had a story in Strange Tales. Yeah, he was. But Strange Tales one sixty nine yeah. became Doctor Strange. So I have Doctor Strange one hundred and sixty nine, which Ooh. is a key hot comic book and a Doctor Strange yeah, movie is. and a Doctor Strange movie coming out. So yeah, yeah, it was a good it was a good day it was a good day at the bookstore. We had that comic at one point. Um, when when we still had the comic book store, so I know exactly the one that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in decent shape too. Like I thought it was in worse shape, and then I started reading up on how they how they rate condition today, and it was it was probably a, a solid five, maybe. That's not that, yeah, that's not that bad at all for that age. Yeah, you know, and yeah, so I got it up on eBay. I plopped it up on eBay for forty bucks. It's got. It's got a dozen watchers right now in one day, so yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Your week was so your weekend was so much more interesting than mine. <laughs> yeah, how was your weekend, Hope? <laughs> I, I mean, what gosh, what did I do this weekend? Um I started writing my amphibia reviews for the Geeky Waffle, so I'm now doing that every weekend. Um so the first episode of Amphibia came back and it was really great. So the first well, by the time this episode comes out, I'll be a few reviews in, so that was fun. And then I I can't really complain. Um, what there's this Let's player that I really really like called DB Geek, and he's been playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time, which is just one of my favorite franchises. And so it's just been so fun to watch him play it. So that's been kind of like my background stuff that I've been doing, and it's been fun to revisit Kingdom Hearts. And then today. They just dropped Sora into Super Smash Bros. And I was just like, Sora's finally here! <laughs> so I cried this morning. And then I finished writing a chapter of my Star Wars High Republic fan fiction. So now I'm just waiting for my two betas to get to it. So I could post it up on AO3. And yeah, I, I actually had a pretty chill weekend. Uh, just 
I did work for the waffles and then I just kind of chilled and waffle yeah. Work. Waffle work, yeah. I might be um Some doing a little bit. Yeah, I might be doing a little side hustle in the coming weeks, but we'll we'll see. I have to apply for that. So yeah, I can't complain. Doing some side hustling. But yeah, can't complain. Doing really good. So I'm curious because you waited to watch this episode. What did you think of the finale? Because you, this was your first time watching the finale of Resistance. Yes, it was. Zero surprises, but satisfied. Interesting. No, 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 surpri- no surprises. It, it was. It was. There was nothing. Uh, nothing. Uh, it wasn't like I predicted the way everything would go, but like the way everything. You were so had, much darker. We were talking about this before yeah. we started recording because last week Chris was like, "Yeah, I can he hope, was can gonna I? die. And people's gonna die," and I was like, "This is resistance." <laughs> well, people died, but they were all bad, bad people. So, were you expecting Kylo Ren to show up, though? I recall I when he showed up, I re- I remembered that there was that that happened. Hearing about that, that you know, there was like buzz that somebody might show up at the. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I sort of season, he's in the season two trailer. So I couldn't remember if you had seen the season two trailer or not. I probably had at that time. I probably had coming up to it, you know, mm-hmm. but uh. Well, you ready to get into it? Yes. All right. <clears throat> I love this episode, by the way. <laughs> the Escape is the 39th and 40th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on January 26, 2020. Can I just say, before I go on, how much better it is watching this episode with the two parts together, unlike the season one finale, which separated them over a week. So much better when the finales are together. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh, oh, that bothered me. Anyway, um, aired on January 26, 2020, and it was written by Brandon Almond and directed by Stuart Lee and Brad Rao. Some extra information for you. Kylo Ren is voiced by supervising sound editor of Lucasfilm, Matthew Wood, who is also the voice of the battle droid, and he plays General Grievous and Bib Fortuna in, like, all things Star Wars. An earlier iteration of the story saw the First Order attacking Dendro 4, not Aos Prime, in the episode's opening sequence. This was changed to Aos after the Aeosian people were under... This was changed to Aos after the Aeosian episodes were underway, to better give a face to the consequences of the First Order's actions. In the first draft of the script, Tam sends her secret message in Niku's native language. This was changed to a custom mechanics code used by Tam and Niku to make it even more personal and private. The mouse droid that teams up with Tam is named 5L, which is named after Fievel from the 1986 movie An American Tale. In early stages of the episode, Tam, Kaz, and Yeager's plan would have evolved attempting to sabotage the Star Destroyer's hyperdrive, a move that had been a move that would have ended up resembling a mission on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Sending out a warning message instead kept the rest of the Colossus crew involved with the episode's victory, and it also gave Tam the opportunity to voice her apologies to the assembled Colossus family. And finally, 
this is what I was hinting at earlier. So what happens next? Pablo Hidalgo says, well, one thing we do know is that among the 14,000 ships that arrived with Lando Calrissian over Exegol in Tross are the Fireball, Jarek Yeager's racer, and Toradoza's ship. Photorealistic versions of the ships were created for Tross to take part in the final battle of the Skywalker's films, but you never fucking see them! You know what? I don't. I I didn't want to be a, a pooper poopy pooper on that, but like I don't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like it when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna," you know. It's just sort of like, okay, they're all in there, and then you just see this like sea of ships, and it's like, okay, so I guess it's made for people to freeze frame their Blu-ray and pour over it and stuff. But it just see, it's it's like the most just sort of like lazy late it's not lazy fan service because they had to model all the ships but it's lazy on the it's it's well nothing's lazy when it comes down to like building the movie anyway the people have to build the movie but you know i just i didn't like it it just seemed it it's it seemed it seemed kind of cheap they were just like let's let's get everybody's ship in there to make sure everybody gets their has their, their favorite I, ship is represented there you know in the the end of it i wouldn't mind it if there were character moments like like we see the ghost behind lando's ship but we don't know if it's if it's hera we don't know if it's jason yeah. sandula flying we don't know if it's ezra or sabine like i don't mind it if there was a moment where like kaz called in like the colossus is here or something like we got to hear those moments that would have been different but the fact that it's just like see a ships free freeze frame and have fun yeah. is 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 not cool because there's no character behind the ships yeah no it's just a thing that's in there it's just a, it, yeah i don't like it it's cheap <laughs> do you also know what a thing that's in there is ta-da <laughs> mm. stage right enter <laughs> oh, hello, Yoda. Hello. You are the thing that's in there. Yes. Yoda's we... all up in there. Are you okay? I forgot to poke holes in the, the cake for you to pop out of. Yeah. Yoda will eat his way out from all up in there. Ooh, like an alien, like bursting out of the cake's chest. Yes, yeah, surprise! Happy birthday! <laughs> you did. <laughs> I can actually hear you making the sound of just like. <laughs> I have a question for you, Yoda. A question for Yoda. Yeah. So I got to thinking, um, because this is the final episode of Resistance, and they had a victory. This can be either a battle victory or a personal victory. But what's the greatest victory you've ever had? All victories are personal victories to to Jedi. Mm, yes, in the Force. Yes. But did you ever Yoda. have something like you got like the cookies off the highest shelf? No, Yoda's greatest victory. Uh, victory over shame. Yes. Oh, what happened? Y Yoda. With many ceremonies, Yoda did. Mm. And... Wearing space speedos in public, yes. 
Uh, uh. Stop being embarrassed. Started enjoying. Yes. You know, good for you. If you Hot haven't to trot on the it. town. Yes, everybody look at Yoda. No shame. No. Did you just say too hot to trot? Mm-hmm. Did you just say too hot to trot on the town? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Yoda was. You were Yoda. You know what? Good for you. If you Maybe Yoda flaunted. is. And maybe Yoda is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will totally give you that one and not even make fun. I Good for you. If it's you... not yours to give Yoda. It's mine. That was one of lessons of shame. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you like your body, Yoda, good for you. You cannot shame Yoda's body. No. Yeah, you Yoda's are... body cannot even shame itself. No. You... You are a rockin' 800-year-old man. You know, Yoda's body works in in unison with itself. Absolutely. Mm. Good for yes. you, Yoda. Yes, good for Yoda. Mm. Well, you know what? You'll just go flaunt that thing down the street and you get it. Show everybody the Speedo, yes. Go get it, Yoda. There you go. Look at him high-stepping like that. That's Yeah, he's like practically sashaying. I'm so glad because when I wrote that question, I was like, he's going to tell me about the time he finally like put his foot in his mouth and ate his own toenails. (laughs) (laughs) I was really scared about where that could go. And I was like, this is either going to be fun or horrifying. Let's see. Roll the dice. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's (laughs) just the nature of the beast. I did all the stretches and put my toenails in my mouth. They were delicious. Watch your eyes. <laughs> I, I think, it, you know, after three, 291 episodes of this, like I've just had my guard up around Yoda to expect the worst thing possible. That's, that's um, <laughs> that's not out of line. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right, right. Anyway, you ready to get into this? I'm ready. Yeah, we got a lot, lot to go through. Yeah, we do. Two episodes, six acts, resistance finale. Let's go. Act one. We open with Tam, and she's sitting in her bunk thinking about life and how she wants to get out of here. And that bitch, Rutland comes in and he's all like hey tam she's like i can't wait for you to die in the next 40 minutes (laughs) what's up rucklin and he's like i'm getting ready for a mission she's like what mission are we getting ready for and they feel themselves come out of hyperspace and they run to the window and she's like oh we're back on aos prime the really beautiful planet for like two episodes i really liked it here this is a gorgeous planet and the people are really nice and rucklin's like not for much longer and a shit ton of Star Destroyers just come popping out of space, like pew, 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 pew. And they all appear above the, the ground, and the fish people are looking up at the sky like, well, fuck. And all the Star Destroyers start shooting the people of Aos Prime, and Tam watches in horror as the people of Aos are just being destroyed. And that bitch Rucklin is like, yes, do it. Do it! And then Palpatine kicks in the door, and Palpatine's like, You didn't say that right. It's do it. And Rucklin's like, Do it? No, no, no. Do it. Do it. You know what? You suck. You're gonna die soon. It doesn't matter. Bye bye. And Palpatine leaves, and Rucklin's like, But I love you. 
So Tam is all sad because she just watched genocide happen. And she heads back to her room. And a little mouse droid comes in and is like, Hello, I'm a mouse droid. I'm here to upgrade your system. And she's like, You are my ticket out of here, buddy. And you're Fifel. And he's like, Yeah, Fifel goes west. And she's like, Yeah, that too. Let's go. So she picks up the Fifel and she reprograms him. And she's like, Let's go because we're going to finally, finally get out of the First Order. Let's go! Meanwhile, Tyranny and Pyre come in. And they're in the office, and they're like, let's call our friend Hux. And Hux pops up, and they're like, hey, Hux, how's it going? Hux steps off to the side. And then Kylo freaking Rin is there, and they're like, oh, shit. The district manager is gone. This is the regional manager. No, this is the CEO. Wait, he's CEO now, because he's the Supreme Leader. CEO Rin is here. And Kylo's like, hey, you two. So you two have been, like, fucking up a lot. And that's not cool. So I'm just gonna, like, use the force and make you almost shoot each other. And, like, Tyranny's fighting as she takes out her blaster. And Pyre's fighting as he's taking out his blaster. And he's like, but I don't want to shoot her. I haven't had sex with her yet. She's cuckled me for the entire season, Supreme Leader. Cuckled! And he's like, I totally understand that. I'm going to that with some girl named Ray right now. She keeps cuckling me because, like, she's on the other side of the galaxy and we can only, like, touch in our minds. It's a whole thing. Anyway, don't fuck up again or I'm going to kill your asses. Capiche? And they're like, Capiche? And Kylo Ren is out! And Tyranny, like, looks up high and she's like, yeah, no more sex. We got to work harder. And he's like, we were having sex. <laughs> and they're all sad and they go, go out to do evil things. So, remember how last week I was like, oh, put a pin in it, because, uh, Tyranny has calm, Tam's calm in her office. Yeah, we're back on that. Because Tam and 5L slip into Tyranny's office, and she grabs that calm from Tyranny's desk. But, oh no, as she's getting ready to leave, Tyranny comes back in, and <laughs> Tam throws herself against the wall like she's crunk from Emperor's New Groove, and, like, slides out of there before Tyranny notices, and 5L follows. So Tam grabs 5L, and they go back to her room, and then she connects it to her comm, and she sends her a message. Back on the Colossus, our, our heroes are having a lovely time, because Niku's like, Hey Kaz, remember when you used to, you know, suck at your job? And Yeager's like, yeah, you used to suck. <laughs> that was great. And Kaz is like, you guys are great friends. Just, just great friends. But then his comm goes off, and he's like, someone's calling me. He's like, but it sounds like a bunch of, like, Morse code. I don't understand. And Nico's like, that is our super secret code that me and Tam used to do. Oh my goodness, it's Tam. And they want, she wants us to go to Castellan. And Cass is like, oh, Yeager, she's coming back to us. And Yeager's like, my baby girl, we have to go to Captain Doza. Surely he'll let us go get her because he used to be an Imperial. It's going to be great. Well, they go to Captain Dad, and Captain Dad's like, You guys are out of your damn minds! Hell no! I am not letting you go! This is so clearly a trap that your dumbass heroes are gonna fall for it! I'm not gonna fall for that! Well, Vanessa says that they would do the exact same thing for Tora if she was in Tam's position, and the dads have a stare-off. Like, Goza's looking at Yeager like, but silently asking, like, is your daughter worth it? And Yeager silently challenging back, like, is yours? He's like, fine. 
Zatoza approves of them taking a first order shuttle that they got sometime. I'm sure it happened in the show, but I honestly don't remember them ever getting a first order shuttle, but they got one. And Kaz and Yeager head out to go get Tam. End of Act One. What'd you think? Yeah, that was one of my notes. Oh, yeah, that Imperial shuttle. I. I I, I, I know they had to have gotten it somewhere, and I'm thinking it's in one of the Norath episodes. It is the Norath episode, because they had to steal it to get off planet, because their shuttle got blown up. So that had to be where they got it. Because if it's not that, I don't remember when they got it. <laughs> yeah, this is another... Uh, um, I think that... The, the, I, I, I think that the... the the genocide in the first 30 seconds is kind of like the only really weak, like weak point in, in this episode, just because it's kind of like, it it might be, I I think attributable to the having to wrap it all up because like in that first 30 seconds, we get fish people genocide and Tam going like, Nope, I'm out of here. You know, Right in that first scene, you know, it, it clean it cleans up, you know, Tam like from right from the first scene, Tam's on you know, planning on getting out. So it's 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 just a very convenient genocide, you know what I mean? And it's actually even a, a genocide against characters we've met. And I I was also thinking, how possible is it even to to genocide the fish people? They can probably go down under the water and into their cave, you know. Like they did before, you know, when they they had to hide when obviously, you know, there was there was carnage there before and they just like buggered off or off to, you know, the depths. So so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there, but it's like literally like 25 seconds of (laughs) screen time at the beginning. It's just like, oh, Tuesday's genocide. What? Genocide? And oh. I'm out of here. Tuesday's genocide. <laughs> Wednesday's yeah. pizza day, though, uh, Tam. Don't worry. We don't uh, have Taco Tuesday. We have Genocide Tuesday. But yeah, like I, I, I think that is. I feel like that scene is like in, you know we're of course adults, and as adults, like we know what it means for bad to be there like we, we we've watched tam get to this point um it might with- not have had as much weight if it was like casual casual friday genocide day but like yeah, yeah yeah like like us adults have reached this point that like we've watched tam sorry i my skype did something weird i thought i lost you for a second um what was i saying yes um it might like us adults can follow the breadcrumbs well that tam is ready to leave she's getting ready to leave anyway but i feel like that is there maybe for like the younger audience yeah because we've seen just these people at home. and it is it is cold watching ruckland just being like yes <laughs> this is what i love and it just if anything if not for tam it's there just to like push ruckland even further past the point of no return for us to be like yes die bitch die because yep. <laughs> boy i hate that guy he's not even ugh, ugh, ugh. um i i i kylo's kylo's scene was nice i like you know it's and it was funny because i was like kylo's a great voice to do because you don't have to get him right because he he loves to have a like I'm surprised they didn't didn't put him in his mask 
but you know, it was more fun. It's always more fun without the mask. Because but his voice post, is always isn't it post Last Jedi and his mask is destroyed? Okay, yeah, okay. And uh so so like you can real you just need a really deep voice. And he didn't say an awful lot too. So it was like mm-hmm. it was it was just but it was nice seeing it was actually nicer than anything they did in the movies to show the like lines between kylo and vader his his idol at this point you know so so he's using some vader methods some empire strikes back methods except they're except they're a little more evil you know he's got a little more evil twist to him so that that was pretty that was pretty cool and, I liked about it, that and it was also a useful metaphor for Tyrion and Pyre's sex life, probably. <laughs> what I like about that scene is, you know, we've we've concluded that like Pyre's a bit of a lackey, but Tyrion's not. And uh, that scene is scary because they've been in like a lot of control all season. They are the villains, and it shows that there is a bigger bad out there. That they are not the end all be all. Um, which which is something I like about Resistance because it is like a pocket story in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't affect the bigger story of Star Wars, which is actually something I really like about the show. So this is one of the few hints that there are bigger things happening around this show, but it's not going to affect the show and the show isn't going to affect it. Because like Tyranny Empire blip out and then the, they go on to be happy people in the Colossus. Um and it doesn't change Star Wars, but I like it because it's different kinds of stakes and the stakes are more personal versus like something like Clone Wars or Rebels where Ezra removing Thrawn changes the plot of Star Wars because then Thrawn's not there in the original trilogy, which is a big deal. And that changes the course of Star Wars. Um, but this doesn't do that. And I like that because it just makes it a very personal story, which is something I've always loved about Resistance. It's not a trying to change canon, and yeah. I like, and I, I, I want more stories. Not and the Mandalorians like that a lot too, because the Mandalorians not changing canon to that so far in the two seasons so we've far. had. Yeah, it's just a personal story about a single dad trying to keep his weird baby alive. <laughs> so, and I, I like that we're getting these stories, and I feel like Resistance was a tale as old as time itself. Yeah, and I feel like Resistance was really the. The groundwork for shows like the first two seasons of Mando, and even I would even go so far as Bad Batch. Bad Batch hasn't changed canon. Like we've been watching the world change around them, but the characters are not themselves yeah. changing canon. Yeah. And I feel like we wouldn't be having these shows if Resistance didn't leave, like, put down the groundwork first. But that's all I really got for part one. <laughs> um, I only have two other little notes. Uh, I just really like the scene of Kaz showing off how far he's come with his mechanic skills. Like, they kept talking about the good old days, both with Niku and Giger here, and then later on with Tam. But it's true. Like, it's it's a good point to check in where, like, episode one, Kaz was like, mechanic work. Pfft, that sucks. Um, but now he's just like, no, here's all the things that keeps the ship from exploding. And he can take care of his own ship now. And I just thought it's a kind of a nice little check-in scene here at the end. It's just kind of show how far Kaz has gone. Um, and the only other note I have, I really like Vanessa saying, may the force be with you. Because we know that she fought in the rebellion. And I feel like that's something she might have gotten from like Leia or Luke. Um, 
and and being around those people because outside of Kel and Ayla having one episode talking about the Force. Well, There's she's no- been off the farm. They're all on the farm. She's off in the. She's probably met some. Je- she probably could has a couple stories about Jedi. Yeah, that probably has a few stories about Luke. <laughs> I just imagine her being like, "All right, guys, let me tell you about the time Luke Skywalker got his head stuck stuck in a stair railing and Leia had to pry him out with butter." <laughs> no, but like, uh, kidding aside, like I really like that from Vanessa because it does, as you said, like show that she's more worldly. But it, it, I feel like that is, like, the one line that's connecting her into, like, the bigger realm of Star Wars. Opposed to someone like Kaz, who didn't even believe in the Force at all. But that's all I have for Act 1. All right. Act 2. Act 2. So we go back with the baddies. And Tam is preparing a ship to leave. And she's like, all right, gotta get the ship, gotta get out of here. But that bitch... That bitch sticks his nose all up in her business, and he's like, what you doing, Tam? She's like, fuck off, Rucklin, you're dying in 36 minutes. And he's like, am I? Am I? What you doing? She's like, nothing. But then Tyranny slides in there, and she's like, no, no, I, I want to know what you're doing, too. What you doing, Tamra? And Tam is like, uh, you know how you promoted me to, like, squadron leader last week? Yeah, I'm preparing a training operation by myself for no one else. And Tyranny's like, oh, that's interesting. Hey, you, what's your name? I want to say Fucklin. He's like, my name is Jace Rucklin, ma'am. She's like, I'm not going to remember that. You go with Tam, and you just keep an eye on things, and let me hear all about the whole training operation. And Tam is like, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to go do a training operation now. With Rucklin, let's go, Rucklin. So they get in some ties, and her, Rucklin, and like two other pilots head out for Castellan. But Rucklin is suspicious of the whole thing. So they leave for Castellan, and some like random first order dude, number four, comes in. He's like, Excuse me, Tyranny Empire? Um, Tam left, and they're going to Castellan. Empire is like, Ooh, Tyranny, you fucked up! She's like, No, I didn't. Let me just go look at something. So Tyranny goes back to her office and she opens her desk drawer and she sees that Tam's calm is gone and she's just like, Fuck, I fucked up. Damn it. So Kaz and Yeager arrive back home on Castellan. And it's very emotional because they get there and all the old racing rings are like, covered in barnacles and like barely hovering above the water and they're just reminiscing about the good old days and they're like wow I really missed Castellan it's so empty without you know the ship here and everything it's good to be home and Yeager's like yeah it just reminds me of the time of Tam's backstory and Yeager's like and Cass is like tell me Tam's backstory now and Yeager explains that Tam ran away from home you know, she just got away because she wanted to be a racer and she ran away from home and she came to the classes to race. She lost everything. And we also find out why Yeager never gave Tam the fireball. Because he was scared that she would leave, not come back, and get in trouble and he wouldn't be there to get her out of trouble. And I was like, oh, dad! And Cass is like, well, it's my ship now! 
Sorry, Tam. <laughs> so Tam shows up and they're like, yay, Tam's here. And there's also other TIE fighters with her and they're like, oh no, Tam is here. And Tam tries to play it cool and she's like, guys, I think that's the, the freighter that got stolen from us. Let's go check it out. But of course, that bitch fucklin fucks it all up because he recognizes Kaz and Yeager. He is like, those are resistant spies. Shoot to kill. And Tam is like, no, don't shoot to kill. Don't shoot to kill. And she turns around and she bitch slaps Rucklin and knocks his ass out because he's in the backseat. She smirks him down. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> she kicks him out. And she, but oh no, all the other ties are already firing on Kaz and Yeager. And Tam is like, all right, I gotta do this the hard way. And she shoots down the other two TIE fighters and they're dead. And Rucklet's out cold in the back. And Tam comes down and she parks her TIE right beside the racing rings. And she comes out, she takes off her helmet and she slides down there and she's like, hi guys, good to see you again. And Kaz hugs her. And I cry, because he just hugs her, and she clutches him so tight, and they're so happy to see each other. And I'm a mess. I'm a total mess in this scene, because I love it so much. But Tam sees Yeager, and she's just like, hey, Dad. So, uh, what's up? And he's like, what's up? What's up is you went off with a bunch of space Nazis, kid. She's like, well, you did lie to me. And he's like, that's a very valid point, but I lied to you to protect you and she was like well I'm old enough for you to you know explain a situation to me you lied to me and Kaz is like this is great let's do this later guys let's go home and she's like but I can't leave Rucklin here and Kaz is like no we can very much leave Rucklin here let's just fill that TIE fighter with water and watch it sink into the ocean it'll be great we'll just leave him behind and she's like no we can't leave him behind he's a named character and he has to die on a ship in like 23 minutes and he's like fine so they drag that bitch inside their ship, and they're getting ready to leave. But oh no, Pyre's Star Destroyer pops out of hyperspace to block their exit. Bum, bum, bum. What'd you think of that, too? It was pretty good. I think Tam's plan was very flawed, but I guess it was kind of a last-minute plan. But it was very flawed, because when she shows up with a whole bunch of TIE fighters, like, it's possible that Jaeger and Kaz could have opened fire and then it would have just, you know, been a big firefight or, you know, whatever that definitely Kaz, you know, you know she could have gotten everybody, everybody killed, everybody killed. <coughs> my, my, my only other note is you, you totally got it in the, in the notes is yes, you, you can ab abandon Ruckland. I don't know, understand why there's any, doubt about like any kind of like trying to redeem him at that point he's been he's you know he would have ever he would have everybody dead and has been like chuckling <laughs> over chuckling over genocide and and gleefully yeah. waiting to see like you know kaz and niku flayed alive or whatever so yeah he yeah. looks kaz dead in the face and goes yeah, let the Colossus die. I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, and it'd be one thing if it was just, if, if he didn't have that behavior around Tam all season long. But he had that behavior around yeah. Tam all season long. Like, why the fuck is she saving him? Yeah, like, plot, I mean, I mean, plot, really, you should probably plot. just shoot him in the head 
or just like let him float in the water and hope for the best. But like maybe the yeah. like the best comedy um, resistance thing would have been to let leave him on the ring for the Imperials to come because they're like we can't leave Ruckland. And it's like yeah, the Imperials are totally coming. So yes, you can leave him. He'll be okay. I you mean, know. The answer is plot because he's the one that tells Pyre with the Colossuses. The right. But like character wise, like no, leave the bitch behind. Yeah. Give him the Tie Fighter, so he you know not be cruel, so he's a chance to get off planet. But no, leave the bitch behind. He's an asshole. Yep. But that's all I got. Um, uh, let me get my shallow notes out of the way first. Um, you know I never realized how big the racing rings were were until they parked beside one. They're massive. Well, they gotta they gotta fly a ship through them. Yeah, but there's no, like, sense of how big they are when they're racing because they just fly through them so fast. But to have, like, their ship parked beside one and them standing on yeah. the ring, it's yeah, a really no, cool like, visual. The wingspan on those things have got to be at least, tw- like, the same size as, like, a two-story house, if not a little yeah. bigger. But it's and a really so- cool visual just to see them standing on the ring. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cool location. Yeah, no, you never see them in that scale. You only see them in the scale of them to the ships and never to a person. So, yeah, it is cool. Um, And there's also some really nice animation when the TIE fighters open fire. Like, one of them hits the ring, and the ring starts spinning, and it, like, bumps into their ship. And Yeager and Kaz are, like, holding on for dear life. It's just a really cool bit of animation because, like, water is splaying up into the sky from the blaster fire, and the ring is spinning and smacking their ship, and... It's just really cool. It's a really cool location. It's a cool little set location because they don't have the classes to park on, so they have to park on a ring. It's just really cool. Um, as much as I'm griping over them saving Brooklyn, I really laughed because Tam calls him a schmoob, and I feel like that's like the closest thing they could get to a swear word. It's way <laughs> underplaying it. Yeah, they could have called him Slimo. That even seems worse than schmoob. And I think it's because put like, Pudu in there anyway, and at least have Dookie in there. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like she wanted to call him a boob, like that boob. And I'm like, I feel like they couldn't get by it, so they made uh, it yeah. boob. Yeah, no, Kaz is more of a boob. A boob is almost like you know a little goofy, but not bad. Yeah. 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 He's Boobs a poison. Are. He's a poison tit. Boobs are are goofy. They just kind of are floppy bags of meat that are really cute. Anyway, um, but yeah, I just, when she called it, she was like, yeah, Ruckle might be a schmoo, but I had to pause to laugh. So I was like, that, that's a word, <laughs> schmoob. Um, my last shallow note was, it's just really nice to be back on Castellan. And it has a much sadder feel because the Colossus is not there. And it's just the rings floating there. And... I want to see the Colossus return home one day and then rebuild the rings and go home. And it's nice. It, it's, it just brings the show full circle. And then just how they got there when she was like, go to Bebo's home. And I'm just like, oh, Bebo. Like, what a good, cause nobody would know what Bebo is outside of like Niku and Kaz and them. Um, so I, I just, I really like going home one more time in the, in the finale. It was, it was just really fun to, to go and see Castle on one more time. Um, okay, so my other two big notes are all about Tam's backstory. On one hand, I wish we got this much earlier. Just to get it all right here in the end. 
it's not a revelatory story. You know, it's just a very yeah. solid, realistic backstory that wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have changed. It would have, yeah, it it would have, it, it's not something that had to wait till the end to find out unless there was something like revelatory about it. It was, yeah. Yeah. It it's, would have, so much of it was having to piece together what came before. Like, we know that her father was a racer. She has no mention of her mom at any point. And we know that her grandfather was an imperial factory worker, which they were, those were pieces that they gave us in season one. But the fact that the, the key here is that Tam ran away. And that to me is the real revelatory part. That, that was the reveal, is that she didn't come here with her father and get left behind. She chose to leave her home, which probably adds a lot to... And, and this is why I wish it was in here earlier, because we had that scene with Tyranny's backstory, where Tyranny was like, I played the system, I played by all the rules, it fucked me over, so I left and came to the First Order. Because if we knew that Tam was a runaway much earlier, it would actually make her story fall in line better with Tyranny's. Because and and why tyranny was able to prey right. on her. It would have it would have added to the story. It, it wasn't it, it it wasn't adding anything by telling us this at the end. It wasn't like oh of course it's like oh yeah well it was sort of but not like in a you know yeah yeah and I, I just I would have I would have liked that piece in season one because it would have actually strengthened tyranny's argument um, to get her to come to the first order. And, and actually would have been in Tam's nature then. Like, if she ran away from one home, why wouldn't she run away from another? And it would have added to that fear of why she wanted to leave the Colossus. It would have added to that fear of the way Yeager was treating her and lying to her. Because then we could probably put more pieces in it. Maybe, like, her father lied to her, which is part of the reason she ran away. Like, there's so much there that they could have done with Tam being a runaway in season one. So it's a little frustrating that it's in the last episode. Well, yeah, I know. Maybe it might have been something that was discussed in season three in a subplot, you know, mm -hmm. if this had been a, a three or four season show. That's, that's actually a question I meant to write down that I wanted to ask you. Because now you've seen the whole show and you know how it ends and what a, kind of a button ending it is. Do you still still feel like they planned for this to be two seasons, like they said that they did, or do no, you feel they, like but, it needed to be longer? But they no, I think they meant it to be longer. That they wouldn't have put that many characters into this, you know. And and now towards season two, at the, towards season two, we've noticed that there's a lot of cool characters. They got. We were like, "Whoa! They're introducing all these characters at the end of the show that that probably would have been spread out over, and there were probably more characters, but these were probably the coolest characters and the ones that might be like potentially useful further out. To well, I guess you wouldn't have to introduce them; you could still use them later on. But you know, you could tell they were like they were like, "Oh, you know, we there was there were like little glimmers of what might have been more expanded upon." in this but yeah i'll get more into it at the end but i think you know i it works it, it i mean it, it it feels like a season finale but it works as a as a series finale yeah um and the only other point i have though and i actually really like this because because I, I kept griping about the fireball for two seasons now and like tam's relationship to the fireball I actually really like Yeager's reasoning for not giving her the fireball because 
she it's kind of selfish but it is but it's also (laughs) but it's also an act of love because if he would have just given her the fireball and she left he could she could have lost it and been in a bad situation but by keeping her there he was able to teach her mechanic skills to give her a skill set to survive not just not just run off wrong I think he was irrational with his fear because I think she would have stayed. She just wanted him to let her race, you know. I th- I, th- I think she would have hung. I I think if he let would have let her race, she wouldn't have been like I'm running off. I think she would have been just like into being there and hanging out with Yeager for, you know, a good amount of time and racing. You know. Yeah, I, I yeah, and part of the the I was just about to say the other half of this I like is it shows the flaws of Yeager's character. Because he is a bit of a selfish character, and he is, yeah. and and he it is a bit of an irrational fear, and probably and that's a valid one too, because he lost his wife and his daughter. That's, well, that's what I was just gonna say. With the you lo- lose your wife and daughter, you're gonna act a little irrationally here and there, yeah. you know. So, on one hand, it is an act of love because he was doing it to protect Tam, but it's also still a selfish act. So I like it because it's a very complex moment of Yeager's character. But he also did it because he wanted to give her a skill set to survive, which he did with te- in, 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 in Star Wars. It rhymes. He did the exact same thing with Kaz because Kaz didn't just wanted to be a spy and a racer. And he was like, "Nah, you got to learn a skill set, buddy, <laughs> Like if you're going to survive in the real world. Um, so it did kind of rhyme in with Kaz's story. But I, I just I, I totally agree. Uh, I it, It's a good moment to show Yeager's complexity as a character and, and as a flawed character as well. Um, but I still yeah, no, these characters aren't as emotionally healthy as we got used to in Rebels, and it's kind of refreshing. It is, it, it really is. And you know, I, I think uh, I remember a friend of mine watching Resistance, and he was like, I couldn't finish season one. Like, Kaz is such just a selfish prick, and I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> so he can have a character journey. <laughs> and you know, I, I as I said, I, I've been reviewing Amphibia over at the Geeky Waffle, um, that's one of the things I like about that show. The main character, Anne, in the promo, in the press release before the show ever came out, they described Anne as a self-centered character. So she starts the show flawed. And you need to have flawed characters. I mean, think about Ahsoka. People hated Ahsoka because she was this impulsive little 14-year-old girl. And it, but it allows her to have a character arc, and I think that's one of the strength of the resistance. Uh, of, of resistance is Tam Yeager and Kaz are very flawed people. Like he, Niku is solid. He's he's the hero of the show. He doesn't have much of a character arc. He's he's solid the whole way through. Tora doesn't is just really wanting to adventure, but she doesn't really change the throughout the story. But Kaz Yeager. And Tam go on a journey because of the fact that they start off the show very flawed people, and it makes for an interesting drama. But I can also it's very understand gravity why the, falls. Say what? <laughs> it's kind of Gravity Falls. Yeah, absolutely. Think the Seuss. Absolutely. Think you is the Seuss. Oh my goodness, he is the Seuss. Um, but to me, like that's that's actually good writing. I, I know that was a turnoff for a lot of people when they started going through season resistance season one. But if you stick with it, it's a very rewarding show to get to this point. So yeah, I'm I'm here for starting off shows with very flawed characters. We don't have to like everybody when you start a show, and I that's that to me is the strength of this. 
But that's all I had for Act 2. Did you have anything else? I do not. Take a sip of my seltzer water. Mm. Ah, seltzer water. Uh, I dabbed as I burped. It was great. <laughs> remember dabs, everybody? You remember dabs? All right. Act 3. <laughs> Our heroes pile back onto their ship because Pyre's Star Destroyer is here and they're like, oh no, Pyre's here. He can somewhat do stuff dangerously. And so they get on their ship and they're making a break for the space and they try to call the Colossus and Kaz is like, Niku, buddy, we're on our way. And the message cuts out and Niku's like, Kaz, I didn't get that. Kaz, Kaz, are you here? And they try to call the Colossus, but they can't because they're caught in a tractor beam and Pyre is pulling their ship into his Star Destroyer and they're jamming their comms and they're all like, well, this sucks. And Yeager's like, Tam, you got us into this mess. Do you have a plan? And she's like, I do have a plan. So do you remember that time that you told me about the Battle of Jakku? And he's like, no, that's a really stupid plan. And Cass is like, what happened on Jakku? Tell me your mysterious past, Yeager, before we die. I want to know everything. And Yeager's like, we're going to set the ship to self-destruct and run away. And Kaz is like, yeah, this is a stupid plan, but we don't have any options. Let's go! So their ship gets pulled into Pyre's Star Destroyer hangar. And Tam comes up with her hands up. And daring all this, because I don't know why I didn't write this down, Rucklin woke up as they're discussing plans, and he checks the flight logs. And he's like, oh! That's where the Colossus is, and then he plays possum again. And Tam comes up with her hands up, and Rucklin runs out there, and he's like, My fellow Star Destroyers! Star Destroyers! My fellow Stormtroopers! This woman is the traitor, and I'm the hero! Jace Rucklin, worship me! Witness me! But Tam is like, No, he's a traitor too. He's my co conspirator. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yep, you're my co-conspirator, Rucklin. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I am not. I'm a good space Nazi. And then Tyre Ty and Pyrene, Pyre and Tyranny show up. And they're like, yeah, we don't like you, Rucklin. So you're just going to die, too. And he's like, this is <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, thanks for the info, but nobody likes a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> Snitches get stitches, or in this case, execution. <laughs> and he's like, this is bullshit. I didn't do anything! But Tyranny comes over and she's like, You wound me, Tamara. You have had so much potential. I thought we were the same. Tam's like, No, bitch, I got a heart. You made Genocide Tuesday a thing, and I'm not scared of you. And Tyranny's like, Fine. What did that little green frogman in Star Wars once say? You don't, you're not, you don't fear me? Oh, you will be. You will be. And Tam's like, that didn't make sense. And she's and Tyranny's like, I know, because Hope misread that whole thing and messed it up. It's fine. And then the executioners show up and they just bust out of the hallways, like, come with us, let's go have continue Genocide Tuesday. Let's go. So Ruckland saw the flight shuttle recorder and he's like, But the but the Colossus is in the blah blah sector. Please! Please! I don't wanna die! And like Rucklin is pleading for his life, and it's just so good, guys. I just, I love hearing Rucklin pleading for his life. It's just, it's so satisfying. I love it. During all this happening in Tam's the distraction, Cass, Yeager, and CB23 get out from the bottom of the ship, and they kick out the door, 
and they run and hide, and the shuttle blows up, throwing Pyre and Tyranny across the hangar. And Kaz and Eager grab some blasters, and they run away, just pew pew pewing their way out. And Pyre's like, So that snitch told us where the Colossus is. Make my Star Destroyer go to where the Colossus is. And they fly off to, to hyperspace to where the Colossus is, and back on the Colossus, everyone's like, yeah, we lost contact with them. Well, this sucks. End of Act 3. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum! I don't have three? many notes on... This is, I think, maybe my second shortest set of notes. I like that there's some nice... I love the... Um, First order Kylo music that that pops up in here. It's nice. And my only other note is uh, Casrobatics. That that scene where they take a shot at him and you see him in the distance just sort of go. <laughs> when they... Yeah. Yep. I'm calling <laughs> that Casrobatics. There's a moment there too. I had to watch it twice because I thought Tyranny fell on her ass. But no, uh, it's it's this moment where she Yeager's about to shoot her, so she slides, and the trooper behind her gets shot, and she gets back on her feet. But it was just funny because I had to watch it a few times, going, "Did she fall or trip? Like, what is that?" No, it it just looks like she falls on her ass. <laughs> no, but no, she just, she just did a cool she's sliding. Just a ninja, yeah, yeah, cool slide, and let the guy behind her die. But that's literally all I got for Act 3. <laughs> I, I know, I don't have it's very fun, many. It's fun, but it's like, yeah, it's not not much to, you know, it's, it's now we're getting into pew-pews. Yeah. So. My, I, yeah, I only have two notes, and one of these were like, I guess I should have more than one note for the act, so. I will say, though, it's very satisfying to see Tam finally tell Tyranny off, because she's just like, you wound me, Tamra, and she's like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so good to see Tam tell Tyranny off, like, shut up. Shut up, Tyranny. Like, you're a piece of shit. And it's just it's such a good Murderer. Moment. Murderer. But even better than that, it's so, so satisfying to see Rucklin get his slimy comeuppance come, come because nobody trusts him and he gets thrown in the under the bus with Tam. And it's so good. Cause that, that moment when he realizes like, oh God, they think I'm with her. And she's just like, yeah, my co-conspirator. And he's just like, what the fuck? No, I'm the best space Nazi. I'm the best space Nazi. Like, it's to see Rucklin's panic is just so satisfying. Yeah. Rucklin will never get respect from anybody because he has nothing to respect, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. So they're just like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's the more, like, oh, uh, uh, it's so good. And I think, I mean, because I, I was saying, like, you know, I just hate Rucklin, but like, I feel like he has such a satisfying journey for a character to hate. Because the moment in Station to Station where he's like, I don't care if the Colossus Lizard dies. Like, ever since then, like, that's his point of no return. And just every moment of just, like, watching Tam get promoted, not him. And he's just so mad about it. And he just yep. gets hit to this point, And he's just get thrown under the bus with Tam. He's well, they, so they, mad I, about you know, it. I guess so maybe they were. Maybe they were drawing parallels with him because he's sort of like Hux in a lot of ways. Oh, I can see that. So maybe they were trying to draw draw some p- 
parallels, but making him like a younger version of what Hux was. I could see that. I could see that connection. But it's it's maybe uh, there would have been maybe if this was longer, there would have been like a third season, you know, meeting between him and Hux and Hux would have been like, I like you. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, Hux likes him. Yeah, I hate him even more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, nah, but it's uh, it makes me so happy to see like his panic and it just there's a word for it. It's not. Is it Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Is that the word where you just yes. enjoy seeing someone else's misery? Yes. Yes, that's that's what I feel in these scenes. Just yes. that right there, and it feels so good. So good. <laughs> I will take 12 scenes of watching Jay Strucklin panic over, like, I don't know, like... Uh, the realization that he's going to get screwed by his, his by Nazis. His, yeah, by his own fellow Nazis when yeah. he's the good space his beloved Nazis. Mm, 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 mm. Such a good moment. I love it. It, it might be my favorite moment of the episode. He gets, he gets as much respect as he got on the Aces Lounge when he was a busboy. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's so satisfying. Like, you think sex is good? No. Watching James Ruckling get his comeuppance is so much better. <laughs> so good. Anyway, Act 4, start of Episode 2. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, agree with that last comment tacitly, but yes, we'll we'll go back for. <laughs> I'm not signing off on that, but, but maybe asexual. maybe I have to think of it more. But yeah, says the asexual in the room. Sex is fine, but let me tell you about Jace Rucklin's misery. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Act Four. Act Four. So. Pyre runs over to the tyranny and he's like, Tyranny, Tyranny, Tyranny! I know the location of the Colossus. We're going there. I did good. I'm a good boy. And Tyranny's like, and she's not impressed and she leaves him. And he's like, I'm a good boy! Sex now? Okay, bye. Wait, later. So they're heading towards the Colossus. Back with Tam. That bitch is freaking out because he doesn't want to die. He's a good space Nazi. He does all his things. And he's just like, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm a good boy. I'm a good evil boy. I'll, I'll kill Tam right now to prove what a good evil boy I am. And the stormtroopers like want nothing to do with him. He's like, but I'm a good evil boy. And Pyre and, Pyre and Rucklin are the same character now. <laughs> They're both good evil boys who are dumb. And in the hallways, Kaz causes a distraction down the hallways. And the guards are like, oh no. And they turn around and Yeager shoots the guards. And she, he frees Tam. And, and, and Kaz runs up and he's like, I'm here. I'm here. We're good now. And they're getting ready to go. And that bitch gets out one last final smarmy word. He's like, the Colossus is finished. We're on our way there. They're all gonna die. And Tam was like, that was your last chance, bitch. And Tam knocks him out for a second time in this episode. And she seals the fate of that bitch Fucklin forever in that single moment. Because he is down and he dies. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> Good for you. It's the satisfying moment of like Hermione punching Draco Malfoy. Like, it's so good. <laughs> and and he dies. And he could have been like, you know what? I was wrong. But nope, nope, nope. She punches his lights out. And that's the end of that bitch Ruckman. So good. 
So we go back to the, our heroes on the Colossus, and Tora really wants to go look for Kaz and Eager. And she's like, Dad, there's something wrong. We have to go find them. And Captain Dad is like, all right, we're going to do something. And his wife, Vanessa, is like, wow, 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 Vanessa Doza here. You sound like me. Emmanuel, you sound like me. What do you mean we're going to do something about this? Like, am, am I the responsible one now in the relationship? And Doza's like, no, we're not. But we're not going to leave our friends behind. Niku, call a town meeting and tell every character that has a name on the Colossus to go meet at Aunt Z's. Back with Kaz and crew, they call up CB, and they're like, CB, get this turbo lift working, and she gets the turbo lift working, and CB's like, just so you know, guys, we're already in hyperspace, and we're going to the Colossus, and they're all like, fuck, that's not a good thing, and so they're gathered in the, the lift, and Yeager's like, okay, guys, I know we've only used this phrase in promotional material, and I don't think we've ever actually said this in show, but we are Team Fireball, we can figure this out. And Tam's like, you know what we should do? We're going to go down to engineering, and we're going to send a message to the Colossus and alert them that the First Order is on their way. But the thing about that is, is it's pretty much a suicide mission, because the moment they, we do it, they're going to know exactly where we are, and are we all in? And they're all in, because they are Team Fireball, and they're there to protect their friends, and friendship is magic, and power of friendship. So all the named characters on the Colossus mosey their asses into Anzies. And does this like, hey, what's up, plubs? <laughs> I just wanted to write that. It's, he doesn't actually say that. What's up, plubs? Here's the situation. And does this like, look, three of our people are stuck on a Star Destroyer, and we've been running. We've been running all season. And you know what he got us? Almost starved to death. And we tried to find a place to settle. And know where it got us? Almost blown up. We're not running anymore. So I'm asking you to help us save our friends. Because we're at war, and I'm tired of running, and it's the finale of the show, guys. So if you want to be in the season finale, you guys have to make a decision right now. But the citizens of the Colossus are scared. They didn't ask to be in a war. They didn't ask to be part of this. They were like, yeah, we're just we're just NPCs. Oh my god, Chris, I watched Free Guy, and you're right, it's really great. Sorry, that just reminded me of that. I did watch Free Guy, and it was really good. Um, the, the citizens are like, we're NPCs. Like, we're not important. And Joseph's like, no, you are important. Orca and Flix. You're the first canonically on-screen clear couple of Star Wars. You're historic. You're antsy. You're like a badass. And you, you sell gorgs. You were comedic relief. You guys are all very important characters to Resistance. But they're still scared and they're not sure. And during all this, Kaz and crew finally get down to engineering and they start tapping in their message. But Pyre finds out exactly where they are. Empire heads out to go and strike down our heroes. Bum, bum, bum. What'd you think of that? Well, actually, at four. I, think I like it. Oh, there you are. No, I'm here. Um, yeah, I got finally Fuckland gets punched. It's once again, so once good. again, very so brief on, on the notes in this. It's funny how they're like, um, it's funny how it, as we go further and, you know, it was like, you know, you can't hurry punching into hyperspace, kid. You might show up in the middle of the sun. Whereas here, like, Pyre's just sort of like, set a course for the, you know, blah, blah, blah system. And they're just like, broom, already going into, like, 
0.5 seconds later, like he gives the order, like go here, and they just like switch a couple buttons and they're already going. Don't you hyper know hyperspace, hyperspace moves at the speed of plot? Obvious, obviously. And uh, my only other note is Traitor. That's all I got. I also agree that watching Tam punch out Brooklyn and seal his fate. So good. <laughs> so good. And you know, it probably felt so good for her too. Like she's been stuck with that bitch for months. Months. And he just, the fact that Tam got to do it was just so good. It's not in Kaz's nature to punch out somebody, but Tam, oh no, she'll throw hands <laughs> Um, my, my next note is, have they ever once in this show actually referred to themselves as Team Fireball? I don't think so. Okay, so it was only in the promotional materials. So, like, in the lead-up to Resistance, they were like, this is Team Fireball, it's Kaz, Niku, Tam, and Yeager, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember, and that's why I called them Team Fireball throughout all of our notes, and but when Yeager says it, it struck me. I was like, I don't think they've ever actually called themselves that show. <laughs> so if like, it was almost, more of a racing show, then maybe they would have. You know, it would have. It would have. Yeah. More. Yeah, but because they never actually said it in the show before this moment, it really sticks out. Of he's like, we're Team Fireball. I'm like, are you? Are you really? You are in the commercials, <laughs> but not here. Doesn't work here. <laughs> but it made me laugh. Um, my only other note, and I'll, I'll kind of sort of touch back on this with Sonara at the end, but it is nice in the finale one last time getting to see all the people in the Colossus, because the last few episodes have been kind of people Colossus light. I last time I remember actually having the people of the Colossus here is like what the Orca and Flicks episode. Yeah, it was a while ago. Or, or, or maybe the not even the mutiny because the people are running from the pirates, but they don't really do anything but run and hide. So it's nice to have one last time of like all the named characters there, like Orca and Flix and Aunt Z are there, and the Gorg salesman and the little Drevel guy is there too. Like they're all there, and it's nice to see everybody and to watch them interact because that was something that we loved about the shorts was how it was kind of about everybody else and. Just little bits, like the drunk guy, he's like, no, this is scary. And the moment everybody is on board, he's like, no, this is great. And, like, it, it's just nice to have some moments again with these people and, like, remind us why we love these people and why they're important and and why they are characters in the fucking show. <laughs> like, because we love them. And I'm, I'm glad that we got in the finale one one more kind of long several scenes with them. Yeah, it's there. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. You don't get anything really deep with the outer characters until the next, until the last act. And I'll save my note on that for the last act. So now that you brought it up, it is very Gravity Falls to have like all the townspeople back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're not wrong about that. Now that I think about it. 
But that's all I had for Act 4. I didn't have anything else. Oh, me too. All right. Yeah. We're getting into the pew-pews. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah, basically, I don't have a lot to say until the end. Yeah. Till the bitter end. So, Act 5. Niku gets our hero's messages as Dosa is, is trying to keep the peace in ANSI's. And the people of the Colossus are understandably scared because they don't want to go to war and they're not really on board with this plan. They're a flying gas station. This isn't a fort. They're not soldiers. This is a gas station. And so they're kind of scared and not on board. That is until Niku runs in with the transmission from Kaz. And Kat, the mission com- the, the message comes on and Kaz is like, oh, hey, everyone, I just want you to know that we're going to die and you guys need to get out of there. You're in danger. Just leave us behind. Please just take the classes and go somewhere else because we love you all. And Tam appears on screen and everybody is like, here, do the goat man again. You traitor. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. And Tam was like, hi, family. I'm sorry. I'm here because I want to make things right and you have every right to be mad at me and I put you all in danger, but I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. Please leave and get to safety. We love you very much. Thank you for being excellent characters in this show. And stormtroopers come up and Kaz is like, get out and save yourselves. Protagonists, out. (laughs) And they run off and they cut off the message. And everyone looks really sad because they're like, oh no, the protagonists are in danger for us. That is until Aunt motherfucking Z gets up on that counter and she's like, no, we are fighting. We are characters in this show too. And the protagonists are in danger. And you know what? If you don't fight, no one else in this room gets drinks ever again. And everyone is tired of running. And it's time for the people of the Flossus to fight back! Woo! So anyway, back with the protagonist. Kaz, Tam, and Yeager are forced to run through a maintenance hatch, because they have nowhere else to go. But that's all just part of Pyre's plan, because they pop out of the maintenance hatch, and there's Pyre waiting for them. And Pyre's like, you guys make sure to tell Tyranny I'm a good boy. Look what I did. This is my plan. I'm a good boy. Make sure everybody tells Tyranny what a good boy I am. He's not that good of a boy. Because no one notices that CV23 is still in the hatch. And she's the MVP of this show. And she rolls away. Back on the Colossus, people are preparing for battle. And Vanessa, her squad, and the aces rev up their ships and get ready to go. And even Bucket, Bucket jumps in the fireball all by himself to get ready for fight. Look at him go! Look at him go! Look at Bucket go! What a good boy. So Pyre takes our heroes to the bridge. He's like, Tyranny, look! I'm a good boy! Let's have sex later! And Tyranny is like ignoring Pyre like she doesn't care anymore. And she goes to Tam and she's like, Tam, what did I do to you? I thought we had a thing. I thought you were like, I was your new surrogate mother. And Tam is like, ugh, I don't care. Yeager's my dad, and he gave me a family, and staying with him. And Tyranny's like, ugh, fine. Believe in your power of love. It's not going to save you from a blaster bolt. And they come out of hyperspace, and to Kaz's horror, the Colossus is still there. 
And it's time for the final battle of Star Wars Resistance to begin! Bum, bum, bum. What right you about about this, five? Right about this and this is my only note. Right about this time, everything's really cool and it's 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 looking great and it's it's moving real fine, but nothing really to add to that. But about this time I'm starting to think to myself, whatever happened to those to the battle droids? Were those de- definitively just destroyed by the fish people? Or or what's what's the dealio? Because I thought what would have been really fun is if they just packed a ship full of uh, of uh, um, battle droids and sent it over to the Star Destroyer to go wreak havoc in, a, in the Star Destroyer, you know? It would have been cool to see something Clone Wars era clash with something sequel trilogy era. Well, yeah, they could have done a, a episode three um, rhyme in the space poetry by having... The, it, except it would have been the flip side because it would have been a, a ship full of power droids flying into us, you know, like Obi-Wan and Anakin did at the beginning and just, you know, sort of fly in through the force field at the at the front of the and the on a docking bay. And like they're like, oh, it's one of our ships or something, you know, and, and all of a sudden a bunch of battle droids come out and start blasting them. That would have been fun. And it would have rhymed with that Rebels episode where they had like. Kanan, Rex, and Ezra versus the battle droids. Yes. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they they should have been there, too. I guess the fish people really fucked them over. (laughs) Just one Roger Roger, and I would have been happy. Even if it was just, like, B1, because he was kind of established with Niku, and... Or or have, like, B1 up in the... Up in the the control, bridge with Niku, yeah. Just doing control stuff, yeah. It would have been fun. But yeah. Just a minor. I was just like, huh. I would have shot some battle droids at him. Mm-hmm. It would have been good. Did you have any other notes? No, that's all I had. So all my notes come from well, it's the majority of the act of the people of the classes. Um and I'll, I'll double back again to this in Act 6. But I actually would have liked to see Sonara do more in the rallying cry. Because I could see her... And this was, like, before Kaz called in. Where Sonara was like, no, like, they they brought me here. Like, they, they showed me a better life. Like, we can't leave them. And I, I would like to see some back and forth of them, them being like, but you're a pirate. Like, you, why are you good? Why should we listen to you? But, like, I... It's the season finale, and after the mutiny episode yeah. where they got rid of the pirates, like Snara has dropped off the face of the yeah. earth, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like she has such a bigger role to play in this finale. Like she's been in battle, she knows how to fight. Like she should have been like doing way more here. And I and I can understand that there's probably a time thing, but um, you know, because we're reaching the end of the the episode. But still, I feel like Sonara had more weight to play here other than going, what's going on, Captain Doza? And then, like, a few pew-pews at the end. Like, she needs to be doing more. Um, that's my only real criticism here, because Anzi with the rallying cry, that's so in character for her. After, like, season one where she was just like, get that space Nazi sh- shit out of my house, and, like, came back in the season one finale flying a fucking ship to, to, that's where they got the transport! Her and Hype! 
Because they took the transport. Oh, yeah. They took the transport to go to Takodana, and then they came back in the season one finale right. in the ship. That's where they... Andy! <laughs> Andy, baby, I love you. Oh, God. I, but, yeah, I love Andy. Oh, my God. Um, But to kind of get into, like, the two, like, kind of deeper notes, because I also had the goat man yelling, traitor! <laughs> it's so funny. Um... I like this scene where Doza is asking everyday people to fight a Star Destroyer because isn't that a theme of Star Wars? Isn't Star Wars about everyday people rising up against great evil to fight back? Like, that is the theme of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. And it's good to finally bring in the people because they've been just kind of pawns just dragged around all season just trying to survive, but they're... That I mean, that's a theme of all wars, even in our real world. It's everyday people doing extraordinary things. I thought, and, I thought they were going to do this. I thought they were going to, um, when they came, when they came in, and you and you saw, you saw that the ship was still there. I thought you would see it like warp off, you know, go into hyperspace, and Kaz go, oh, good, they got away. And really what they did is hyperspaced out and then they hyperspace right back in behind the Star Destroyer and just start pummeling it. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, but I I liked that scene because Doze is asking a bunch of pretty much quick, twi- quick trip workers to go to war. That's what he's asking them. And asking them to stand up and to say no more. And to, like to me, this is the most memorable scene of the finale. To me personally, um, and having all these characters that we know and love that we know are not fighters, except for like Mika Gray and Sonara. Like they're the only two like trained fighters that we know of. Like Kel and Ayla is there too. They're children. <laughs> like to have like Orc and Flux. They're they're they're, they're retail workers. Like they're retail workers. And he's a bar person. Like you know, like it's. It's, it is the theme of Star Wars, of here are everyday people pushing back against fascism and saying no more. Like, we are not accepting this great evil. And I like that. I like this scene. It's it's my favorite scene of the finale. And even just the, the, uns, like the, the selflessness, the selflessness of Kaz, just willing to lay down and being like, I love you guys, please leave, save yourselves. Like, that's a good moment for Kaz as a hero to do that. It's just this entire scene works on so many levels, and I love it. Um, and I actually really like watching the people of the Colossus react seeing Tam. Because it's a good way of showing how close all of these people are. Because she prob- she knows everybody in that room. She's worked with every person in that room. She knows them all. She has relationships with every single person in that room. And to see their horror, seeing her and knowing that she's hurt them and apologizing and willing to give up her life. Like, there's that scene is still good. <laughs> and it shows not only how close the people of the Colossus are, but also how she's hurt them, how she is asking for forgiveness. And even if they don't want to give it, how she's still willing to fight for them. Like, this entire scene is so good. <laughs> it's my favorite scene of the finale. I love it so much. I'm rambling now. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, is that all the talking? 
I don't have much to say. Yeah. <laughs> yep, but that's all I have for Act Five. <gasps> I got I... some more notes in this next act. The double. This is okay. We're we're pulling the double prep, prepping the show and prepping the season. Yeah, yeah. Prep, prep. So, are you ready for the final act of Star Wars Resistance? I am. I have no choice. Thanks for listening to Jagos and Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Come back next week. Oh, wouldn't we be assholes if we did like an act an episode? It would take us fucking forever to get through a show. Ah, there's people who go do podcasts where they go through movies minute by minute. Rogue Fun did that. Um, Rogue Fun Pod. Um, Alice, Alice, who was super nice. Um, went through, I think, Rogue One in, I think, in five-minute increments. Yeah, and that's... and she talked about it. Um, by the way, Alice has an, a very emotional story around Rogue One because, um, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, like, her father passed away, like, right before Rogue One came out. And so watching Jin and her story with her father. Oh, jeez, like, became... yeah. All right. And, and it was a very emotional experience, which made her create Rogue Fun. So she could go through Rogue One and like really dive into that story that was so emotional to her. So guys, go check out Rogue Fun podcast because Alice is really great. Um, really, really good show. Um, anyway, at six, let's wrap act up six. Resistance. Prep it, prep it. Act six. The fight for the Colossus begins. Vanessa and her squad of aces. Oh, I just realized that Norath wasn't in this episode, like, speaking. Like, yeah, I wish she was. Oh, oh, buddy. I miss you, Norath. Vanessa and her squad and the aces fly out towards the Star Destroyer, and they're all like, pew, pew, pew! And they're trying to take out Pyre's engines. But, oh, no. The shields are still up. Don't worry, everybody. CV23, the MVP of the show, is on the case. Because she rolls down and just conveniently, all by herself, turns a button and takes out all the shields on the Star Destroyer, all by herself. And our heroes go to town on that ship's engines. And even Captain Doza's like, yeah, shields it down. Let's play some Galica. And just starts shooting the shit out of the Star Destroyer. And he's like, yeah, fuck you, Pyre. Remember in season one when you were a dick to me and invaded my station? Here's the station. Pew, pew, pew. So Pyre's preparing a boarding party to infiltrate the Colossus, but he happens to find out that Yeager and... Wait, no, that's not how that happened. Sorry, Hope's misremembering the episode, but Pyre is getting ready to infiltrate the Colossus. And Yeager, Kaz, and Tam, as the ship is rocking around, they escape from the bridge and they shoot out the controls, leaving Tyranny behind. Peace out, bitch. And they get to the hangar and they're like, oh, there's a transport. The very last transport. We have to get to that ship. Pyre is still there. And he's just like, hey, I'm going to shoot you now. And they're like, no. And so Pyre, Kaz, Yeager, and Tam are all like, pew, pew, pew against each other. And Yeager shoots out a crane and it explodes. And our heroes get separated. And Kaz gets pinned under some stuff. He's trying to get out and he looks up in horror. And there's Pyre, 
walking towards him. And he takes off his helmet, and he has this flowing golden head of hair. And he's just like, yeah, bitch, this is what I look like underneath. I'm a handsome motherfucker. And that didn't actually really happen, and so I just wish it did. Anyway, it's Kevin. No, he's just, I, I could tell that he's just some just generic douchebag. I don't know what about this. Um, so it's Kaz and CB23 versus Pyre. And CB23 is fighting Pyre as Kaz crawls out from under the shrapnel. And he picks up this, like, little stick thing. And you remember when Kaz wanted to murder Pyre a few episodes ago? Kaz finally gets his wish because he takes this little stick thing and knocks Pyre out. Sealing old Goldie's fate of the show. But oh no, in the fray, CB23 got knocked out too. This Kaz picks her up and cradles her, and he calls into Tora, and he's like, Tora, we're getting on a first order transport. Please don't shoot us down. It'd be really cool if you don't accidentally kill us. Okay, thanks. So they run onto the transport and fly out. During all this, the first order's boarding party reaches the Colossus, and the citizens are fighting back. And Orca and Flix is like pew pew pew, and Sonara is like pew pew pew, and and the greatest story of all, the greatest love story of Resistance, finally gets his its conclusion, because OP Pit gets revenge for on the stormtroopers that took his floor sweeper. And he gets his floor sweeper, and he takes out the stormtroopers with it. And he's like, that's what you get, bitch. I'm OP Pit. OP says we're overpowered. And Aunt Z even comes out with the big guns, too. Woohoo! And they're all fighting back, and it's awesome. During all this, Tyranny gets a call from Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren's like, so Tyranny, how's it going? She's like, everything's fine. We're doing Fine, sir. It's great. Can I have reinforcements? Kylo's like, uh, no. No. You're not getting reinforcements. And he picks her up in the forest and he chokes her, thus sealing her fate too. So, Vanessa's ship, as Kaz and crew gets on their little transport and are flying away to safety, Vanessa's crew takes out the engines of the Star Destroyer and the Star Destroyer blows up. Goodbye, old Goldie. Get fucked, Rucklin. You're knocked out, piece of shit. Blowing up. Fuck you, Rucklin. You piece of motherfucking shit. Die. Die. You're fine. Wake up. Wake up and see that you're dying. And be scared and suck your thumb into oblivion, you asshole. Yeah. Enjoy the vacuum of space, asshole. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. But I must say, <clears throat> goodbye. My dear, sweet, evil lady, Agent Tyranny, you are horrible, but I loved you because I love evil women and you are a good Star Wars evil woman and I love you so much. I will miss you, Agent Tyranny. I adore you. Don't rest in peace, you asshole, but I love you. And everyone gets back to the classes and they celebrate their victory. Taz and the Aces arrive back and Tam is finally home. And she's kind of nervous and shy, you know, because she she was a traitor. But Vanessa and Tora welcome Tam back with open arms. But none of that matters because Nico! Nico is so excited to see Tam! And he runs over and he hugs her and I'm crying because I love them. And she's so happy and he's so happy. And Tam is like, I'm so sorry, Niku, for everything. And Nika goes, 
everyone makes mistakes, Tam. Some of them are cataclysmic. But you realized what you did wrong, and you helped us, and you're back, and I forgive you. And Niku forgives her, and it's great. So they all go to Aunt Z's to celebrate. And Tam thanks her family for coming after her and saving her. And everyone comes together to cheer on Team Colossus! Except for Sonara, who is off preparing a lovely bedroom for her girlfriend Tam for them to make up and have great girlfriend sex. And they're going to live happily ever after as Tam and Sonara forever and always as girlfriends forever. Three cheers for Team Colossus. Star Wars Resistance, the end. What did you think about the final act of Resistance? It was good. I'll get to the the wind up on it. But, uh, I, you know, it was funny because... I know that the Colossus is an important piece of equipment that the that the First Order wants, but there's such emotional babies that by this point, I'm surprised that they're boarding it and that they're not just like trying to just blast it out of rage. Um, I liked I liked the um, shot of the cracked window on the Star Destroyer because it didn't turn into a plot element. It was just a nice little detail. So I oh, that, I missed that. Really? Yeah, he, like, is it on the bridge? Yeah, yeah. It, it, she she ducks away and it hits the window and just leaves a big, like, crack in it that goes... When, when you say he, do you mean Giger, like when they're running from the bridge? Yes. Oh, I missed that. Um, That's so somebody cool. takes a shot. Uh, maybe Giger, but somebody takes a shot at her and she dodges it and it just, like, cracks a hole and it cracks the window. It was just really cool. And then there's that line where where the the ship just comes down on on a bunch of the stormtroopers and then he goes run while they're down it's like while they're down they're flat they're I, dead I, I hate to say that <laughs> yeah you don't it's not while they're down they're just down forever so yeah and my old, only other note is uh I'm glad we finally got to see uh Chekhov's floor sweeper get put into action <laughs> Floor yep. But that's all I have until I do my my grading up of it and my final summation, which will be a minor summation because we're gonna do a we're gonna do a season recap and we're gonna we'll we'll talk about the whole show too. So, but yeah. yeah. But that's it for me. DB twenty three is the true hero of Star Wars Resistance. Oh, yeah, of course. Like. She is the reason they survived. She's the reason they blew up the Star Destroyer. She's the reason that Kaz didn't get killed by Pyre. She is the MVP of the show. <laughs> Forever and always. Amen. <laughs> um, this, this is just because of personal things. That I, as much as I poke fun at him, I do really like Pyre. Um, and I do wish we got to see his face at some point in the show. Like, we never got to see what he looked like. And that is, like, a little irksome point to me. Um, even if it was just while him fighting Kaz. Like, if Kaz, like, well, smacked him in the helmet and cracked him. And we got, like, a Phasma moment in The Last Jedi. Even just seeing a yeah. little bit of his face. I mean, as established in the first movie, there's there's sort of sticklers about always, ha like, having your helmet on as much as possible. You know, that like, remember, that's what Finn got in trouble for in the beginning. She's like, what are you doing without your helmet on, you 
Dingus. Uh, yeah, but then you have people like Gallic and Tierney who never wear helmets. Yeah, because yeah, face. that's plot. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I I would have really liked it at one point. Like, and I I think the perfect moment would have been the fight with Kaz. Like Kaz like hits him in the helmet and it flies up and we see Pyre's face for the first time. Maybe. And I understand. And I understand it's animation. Like that's a whole other character model they have to make. Maybe so if I, you're a stormtrooper, maybe if it's more of a military thing. Like the, these guys are military, but they're more like brass, you know. Uh-huh. And so they get to walk around without their helmets on. But if you're like, if you're like a stormtrooper or high up in the stormtroopers, where you get to wear shiny silver or gold, you got you just have to have your helmet on all the time. I you, I do know in. I, it's either it's either the Phasma comic or it's one it's either one of the Phasma comics or the Phasma book. But I'm thinking it's the comics because I've actually read the comics, but I haven't read the Phasma book. Fa- someone addressed that with Phasma because it was it was someone like Tam's position, like they were a lackey and they only had a number. And she walked into Phasma's office and Phasma wasn't wearing her helmet. And the soldier was like, I want to rise up in the first order to where I can have a name. And, like, only, like, higher-ups had names, and they could remove their helmets. And so maybe just Pyre had the name, but he hadn't hit the rank to remove his helmet. But it's just, it's a little irk. I've always wondered what he looks like. Like, I have to just imagine he looks like Liam McIntyre, because that's his voice actor. Um, But I, it's just a little irk. I've always wanted to see Pyre's face and, like, what he looked like. And I feel like the fight with Kaz would have been the perfect moment because they could have mirrored it with the fight of Phasma and Fen, where he cracked her helmet and we got to see like a glimpse of it. And I think that would have been a really cool rhyming poetry moment or even just smacking the whole helmet off and just seeing Pyre's face right at the end, like that last like moment of him just like glaring death glares into Kaz's eyes before he goes out. Like, I just I just really want to see that. Uh. I, I saw him as such a stooge that they're just like, yeah, we don't, we're not even gonna give him that much. He's just a, he's just a generic, just a generic. I know it's I, I I make fun of Pyre, but I actually really like his character, and so it's it's more of a personal thing. Um, I just love seeing how the Colossus people fight back, like in their own way. Like there's Gorgs and there's floor sweepers, and like Aunt Z comes out with a big fucking rifle. It's the it's the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're on their home turf, so they're using their their home advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all my notes are little. There's that moment where Bucket rolls up to CB and he offers a hand to help her off the ship. And it's precious because she just takes his little arm and he helps her limp off the ship. And it's so cute. So fucking cute. Oh, my God. Where's Sonara in the end scene? Yeah, you know, they, yeah. And it's a gripe. Like, she's a major character. Why is she not in the end scene? Just fucking Norath and sit, Hugh. Put her, have her Hugh. sitting on a box, you know? Hugh! Hugh! Kaz's friend who shows up out of the fucking blue, who's only been in, like, an, like maybe, maybe five minutes of screen time, is in the end scene. But Sonara San is not? What the fuck? Like, I have an actual big-ass issue with this. Like, because... She just drops off the face of the earth after the mutiny. Like, she's barely a character after that. And 
I, I, I feel like that's a huge problem with the show, that they just drop Sonara's character. Like, I could understand, like, the kids of the Tahara not being there, Mia Gray not being there, but Sonara deserves to be there. She was a major character of season two. Why is she not in the end scene with everybody, even if she's just standing in the background or, like, leaning in the door? Sonara-san deserves to be in the end, end scene with Team Colossus because this is her home. This is her found family. She not like it would have added any time to the runtime or anything. Yeah. Just to have her wing in the doorway in the background. Oh, just oof, 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 oof. It makes me so mad. So I like to pretend that she's making a nice bedroom for her and Tam to have wonderful sex together. It's fine. That's my head canon, but it just it makes me mad that she's not there. Bothers me. Um, I have to say what doesn't bother me, which I like, and it breaks this like vicious cycle of Star Wars. The Dozas come out of the series. With the mom living, the mom is alive. They are a happy family, still together, not dead. Look, Star Wars, you can have a happy family still intact without with a living mom. It can be done. Thank you, Resistance. Thank you. It's it's amazing. It's like, it didn't happen to Rebels. Kanan died. <laughs> didn't happen in Clone Wars. Everyone died. Doesn't happen in, like, I don't know, like, Tross, because, like, Nora and Wex, Wedge, Wedge, and... Hey, so, I, I feel that, that the Dozes as a couple were just not developed, not on screen enough to to do any, like, to, to feel justified doing anything, like, killing, like, you could kill, you could kill Captain Doza, maybe, because he's been here for the whole show, and, you know, it would... Uh, but like to kill her would have been sort of cheap because her character just showed up. It's like, hey, introducing mom. Oh, guess what? Star Wars, she's dead. And they're so, not going to touch Tora. Yeah, right. It's so it's yeah, and plus it's it's like you said, it's resistance. So, here's but yeah, the, it's the happiest ending. That's here's sure. here's where that argument falls out of the water. We haven't seen the ending of Ewoks. I have a feeling the but I have a feeling Ewoks didn't quote-unquote end i have a feeling it was just episodic you know so there wasn't a well here here's the hole to poke to poke into that argument if we're talking about well-developed families on screen wedge antilles is the stepfather of snap wexley who dies in tross and they were never on screen together but that's his stepson dying talk about undeveloped characters on yeah screen. well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like that and that's the thing like it can't be done. And Star Wars has this thing with like very dour endings where like sacrifices have to be made and like people have to die for redemption. Yeah, it no, was... you can't take this series out on a sour end. You can't, or even a bittersweet end. It's just not going to fit the tone of it. Resistance proved that it doesn't have to end with someone dying. Everyone can survive. Families can stay intact, but still have high stakes. There can still be high stakes, good drama, good characters good storytelling without someone dying for redemption and families being broken apart. It can happen. Star Wars resistance proved you wrong. Like, and, and that's why I like, this is the happiest ending of Star Wars ever. Like, it's so good to tell a very complete full story with stakes and good characters and still be this happy. And like, I, that to me is a huge ass victory in Star Wars, which almost always ends on a very sad, sour note where people die for redemption. And Tam didn't die for redemption. She made it out and got back there. And you know there's work. This is a very open ending. We know they go to trial. Well, there's yeah, still like an, yeah, yeah. 
and yeah. and Tam's probably gonna have to work for her redemption and work to get back her trust. And it's a very open ending, but it's so happy. And and Resistance said that, and it's really good writing, and I love it. So that's all I have. Me too. Ready to score it up? I am ready to score it up. Score it up, Chris. I gave it a nine. It would have been a nine point five if it the, the ending. It's a good end. It's a it's a great ending. I don't want to say it's the perfect ending because I can envision other endings, but it's it's like I said earlier. It's more of the ending of a season. You know, everybody is 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 back. They're together, and they're just there. At the end of a a series, a lot of the time you get a feeling of forward momentum with characters. You don't have to go to the point of where it's like, you know, see a a flash forward into the future or anything like that. But you get the idea, you know, I, 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 I would like a series ending. I would have pictured more like Kaz is getting ready to go out and join the, the larger, the resistance at large, you know, you know, just where, where it was all, where it was moving from there, you know, in a, in, even in a vague sense. And it didn't have that, that, um, that moving for that, that moving, you know, going forward with life type of thing and more of, a um, everything wrapped up in a nice package for, for, and ready for season three, you know? Which is, uh, I think, uh, a better ending for this because it. I have a feeling at the in the back of their heads they're like, let's keep this open for, and they probably didn't know how to tie tie it into the larger story of the sequel trilogy. That's a very good point because and, this was completed before Tross was written. Right. So so, but but then again, this show has never been about tying it into the larger trilogy, except for just you know characters here and there, and you know so obvious like major storylines. But it wasn't as much about like Clone Wars or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I docked it half a half a point for being a more of a, a season ending, but it leaves. You could you could start up resistance and have it be just like dum dum there they are back on you know back to where they were, and you know maybe have a couple goofy episodes before you find out what the the next antagonist is because really just because they defeated that star destroyer there's still a whole first order that's pissed off at there's it, still so. a war happening yeah 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 so it's 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 nothing was really resolved with that except just their immediate their immediate situation so but it was very it was it was very satisfying and uh yeah i liked it a lot um this i love this finale actually i this is up there as one of my favorite episodes of resistance i think it's a strong finale um i as i was just ranting about you can do a happy ending in star wars and it doesn't have to end in someone dying and families can stay together um i love the scene of all the people in the classes coming together. I love that scene. It's one of my favorite scenes of the show. I, it's just so satisfying to watch Jace Ruckland fucking get his come up. <laughs> you know, nobody has to die in this one. Cause nobody is like, you know, playing out this epics, you know, mythological story in this. This is just people, you know, 
So, I, so I like, always say this is like a living Star Wars novel where it happens in a pocket of the galaxy and doesn't change canon, but it's still just as thrilling and gripping. It's a living Star Wars novel. Yeah. Um, so I I love this finale and just watching Jay's Recklin get his comeuppance is like half a point of its own. Um, I gave it a nine point five out of ten. I my my gripes are very small, mostly about Sonara. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. <laughs> mine are all just like little nitpicky things, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my when my biggest gripe is where the fuck is Sonara and why can't we see Pyre's face? This is a good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When those are my two biggest gripes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I give it a nine point five out of ten. I, it's a solid end of show. As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. I'm not doing any feedback this week because this is a double episode. We're running a little bit long, so we will be returning to feedback soon enough. Um, oh, candy. We're still doing candy, though. We are still doing candy. You guys know the spiel. Chris hates American Kit Kats. We're gonna eat Ta-da! some. We're gonna eat some uh, candy from Dario who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat and Beat It podcast. This is the Tadell Bar, and it is from Turkey, and it is a hazelnut bar. It's hazelnut bar covered with chocolate milk, with milk chocolate, and it's 26% hazelnut. It was such a specific number, 26%. No, it's, uh, the, the brand is Sunset. Shoot, I was hoping since it was Turkey, it would be another Uter, but it's okay. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's still very hazelnutty. Oh, it's crumbly. Please don't crumble. It mm. melts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was going to be more, um, I'm going to say nutty, but I mean nutty as in, like, hard nuts. Not Because it's very hazelnutty in flavor. Well, it's got the hazelnuts in it, but it's also got, like, a hazelnut-flavored paste. Yeah. It's not nougat in the middle. It's kind of like... That crumbly chocolate—that's mm-hmm. not a nougat. It's that melty in your mouth chocolate that, if you just let it sit there, it just goes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It's similar to those ice cube chocolate bars. Mm. Mm. But it's mm. very crumbly and delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Ah! Ah! I'm dropping things. I just—I almost dropped the whole thing into a trash can by accident. Yikes! Mm. Good mm. work, Dario. Good work. Good for turkey. Every bar we've had from turkey has been delicious in the box. Turkey knows their candy, man. Yeah, they do. It's the candy man can. I never would have known that if it wasn't for you, Dario. Well, you've learned stuff. <laughs> but Chris, do you have anything else for the, the season series finale of Star Wars Resistance? Nope. All Nothing. Right. It was well, fun. Where can people find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our podcast website where we keep all our all our podcasts. You can uh, sign up for our RSS feed there, or you can also find us on, what is it, Apple Podcasts now. And you can also find us on Facebook, the, the spasming, dying Facebook. We have the 2 True Freaks podcast. I oh, yeah, the there. outage was this week, and everybody was like, hell Yesterday. yeah, Twitter's was it yesterday or was today? It was yesterday, wasn't it? It was yesterday. And, uh, Twitter and Tumblr were like, yeah, we're trash sites, but we're still up, bitches. We'll see. I think the tide's turning. Anyway, but we're still there. Two True Freaks podcast. We 
put post up all our shows on there. All our myriad of podcasters, our vast spectrum of of different podcasters, and we also have the Two True Freaks Cantina, where you can just go and hang out or show off some of your nerd stuff or your nerd knowledge or whatever, or just yeah, take okay, out. Here's, here's a really good example. So I was recently on Knights of Ren with Ali Andrews for, and we were talking about this, the High Republic book, Race to Crash Point Tower, and we were also talking about uh, Loading Great Storm and Bell Zedifar from High Republic. And I post this episode and it has the cover and Chris drops this huge ass paragraph about his annoyance with people not having bugs in their face. <laughs> it's not the bugs. It's the, the, the they're flying on this on this speeder and, and, and like I'm not making fun of that cover because it happens all the time in Star Wars. He's sitting on the front, uh, basically on the hood of a car, you know, and so if he crashes into anything, you're just going to be pulp. You know, so the funny thing about it's, that is it's just a bad, actually, it's a design flaw unless you have no, no, like, no. but that's, a, it's actually addressed in the book because that's not a speeder. That's actually his droid. And they, as this planet is getting attacked, they have to very quickly get across to like the other side of the city. So they just like weld some like boosters on the bottom of a droid and jump on its back. <laughs> So it's actually addressed in okay. books, but I just had to laugh because you were just like, let me have this big paragraph about bugs and stuff. But yeah, so that's why I didn't correct you because I was like, this is funny. Let Chris just, just let Chris go. Yeah, thank you. But you can also find us on the equally vile Twitter. And by us, I mean Gene Gene, the Star Wars machine. <laughs> Like it should have like the resistance like theme song here like dun 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 gene <laughs> yeah, that's not bad yeah, well, there you go but that's where you can find me where can they find you hope uh you can follow us at j guys and jedi on twitter i run our twitter account you can also find me at hope molinax on twitter i also write reviews and all sorts of fun things over on the geeky waffle i am an official waffle now i'm doing weekly recaps for amphibia when owl house comes back i will be continuing my my reviews of owl house as well and I have some other cool things planned, and you can occasionally find me on their podcast, too. I've done a few episodes of Space Waffles with my very good friend Arzu Amin. So you can uh, hear me over on Space Waffles occasionally. And I also have my own website, geekygirlexperience.com. And Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I make him watch animated shows. <gasps> we finished Resistance! Oh, it's kind of weirdly bittersweet, because on one hand, like, it went by so fast. Like, this isn't like us, like, four years on Clone Wars where it felt like it would never end. Like, this went by really fast, Chris. Yeah, it's the <laughs> shortest show we've done by half, you know, so. Yeah, by far. Like, at least, what, Rebels took us, like, like a year and a half, two years. Like, this was less than a year. We started this in, what, January? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that? It ended, yeah. Well, there was 40 episodes plus the shorts, so, like, yeah, it's it's less than 52 weeks. So we, we went through this so fast. I, I do want to take a moment to thank all of our lovely guests that we had on the show. Yeah, but um, we had more guests than we had on, like, we had more probably guests on this show than we did on all those other multi-season shows, I think. Yeah, yeah. For one, we started asking for guests. We didn't do that before. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, that, that helps get guests. Yep. But, like, really, um... Actually, give me one second. I want to pull this up. Because I pulled the... I, I said this on Twitter, but uh, I, and I wrote a nice tweet out. But I do want to just take a moment to thank John Marie, 
Brad, Sarah, Suara, Mark Marquis, um, Mark from Pink Milk, DeVore, Ali, and um, Eli for all being on our show. We loved having you on. Everybody you so was a riot. Yeah. And you're all welcome back anytime. We yep. love you so much. Um, and thank you for being on the show and like going on this resistance journey with us. You guys are amazing. We love you. Thank you so much. You're welcome back any anytime. Um, so yeah. So but keep tuning in because we're gonna keep going. There's yeah. gonna be some, there's gonna be some fun Halloween stuff going on. We'll be doing. We'll still be. We've still got a little resistance to talk. We need to wrap up yep. season two and wrap up the show. Yeah. Um, so. We might have one more guest. I'm going to see if I can grab someone to wrap up the show with us. Um, but I, yeah, we, we talked that we're going to do Star Wars Visions next. Um, and we're going to break that into three episodes we agreed with. So like three shorts for each episode. That's what we agreed on. Yeah. So yeah, Star Wars Visions will be next. Um, and we're also going to talk about the Lego Halloween special for Star Wars that just came out. It's like Terrifying Tales or something like that. Um so that's either next week or the week after. It's coming up around yeah. Halloween. Yeah, the, the Halloween special might have already even happened because we're in October now while we're recording this, and I just don't know, like... Yeah, so yeah, I hope so, you So you might have already heard the Halloween show or not, but yeah, don't worry. And and then after that, uh, it's what, The Mandalorian after that. Yeah, we will. We, we counted out the weeks. And um, there's some Christmassy stuff, you know, Christmas holiday... Not necessarily holiday theme, but we 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 do some different different stuff with commentaries and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff coming up. We will, and I think we counted out the weeks, and we'll be starting Mandalorian the first week of January if we counted it out right. So we're starting the new year with a new show. Yay! I'm excited. Excited. But now I have to pee. I love you all very much. Thank you for joining us for Resistance, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Gene, 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 Gene. There it is. <laughs>Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E. F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2TrueFreaks with an exclamation mark at the end space and the number two you can find two true freaks on facebook just search for two true freaks if you ever leave your house and you actually have friends why don't you tell them about two true freaks if you've enjoyed our show please won't you take a moment to rate us on itunes that helps others find the show too thanks for listening and join us every monday for new episodes of two Two true True Freaks. freaks